0: This morning, I'm going to ask you to do something for me. If, if you are a veteran, those who have served in our country's military, would you stand in recognition of your service? Would you do that now? I know that Veterans Day is coming this Friday, but if you have served our country, our congregation is grateful for your service, and we'd like to express our appreciation to you. Look around. Thank you. You may be seated. When you go into the military, I've not been, but I understand, I've been told, I've had some friends who were even recruiters, uh, sergeants in the Army. When you go into the military, my understanding is, regardless of the branch of service, one of the most important things they begin to instill in every recruit is what? It's discipline, isn't it? It's discipline. Everything hinges on discipline. Cohesive units have to have discipline. Discipline is learning to obey orders without hesitation or fear. Think about the the possibility of going into battle. Would you want to make an order and have your recruits, those who are under you, do the opposite? No. So this morning we need to think about Christianity, being Christians, followers of Christ, and how we should learn to obey God and His Word without Hesitation or fear. So as we look at Ephesians 5 this morning, I'd like you to consider the discipline Christians are to develop. Learning to act, to respond, to obey without hesitation or fear. So if you will, take your Bible, turn to Ephesians 5 verse 15 again. We're going to look at verse 15, 16, and 17. Those are the verses we'll focus on. Paul is urging the Ephesians throughout this book, to understand what they have in Christ. They have so much grace. They have so much power. And he's saying, you are light. We read that earlier in the earlier Scripture, verses 1 through 17. You've been made light once you were darkness, but now you are literally light. And so the Christians at Ephesus are told Here in verse 15, to be careful as you walk in the darkness. When we put on this new garment, we talked about that two weeks ago. Putting on the garment of Christ. Put on Christ. Let Him permeate you, but let Him be seen on the outside of you as well. When we do that, we have the power to refuse the deeds of darkness. When we do that, we have the the power to reprove or to correct the powers of darkness and we also have the power to remove the deeds of darkness light puts out darkness you've noticed that there's a few times I've gone in the living room after we've turned all the lights out getting ready to go to bed and I forgot something and I'll take my phone and I'll just turn it on just a little bit And just that little bit of of light from that screen keeps me from hitting my toe it's very important just a little bit of light dispels the darkness so when you put on the garment of Christ, when you're living in what you have in Christ Jesus, it is a powerful weapon against the darkness that resides in this world. Paul says we're to walk how? Verse 15. Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. What does it mean to be careful as you walk? What is he trying to say to us? The, the word there. The Greek word, the original word in the first century Greek, means to be looking carefully, consistently, over and over. Don't just look one time. It's kind of like when you tell a child, look both ways two or three times before you cross the street. He's saying, be careful. Be on the alert. Be aware. What's around you? I spoke with someone earlier about situational awareness. Know what's around you. We live in a world that's affected by darkness you don't believe that, just look, watch the news on television or look at a paper. But yet we are children of light. We've literally been made light. So when we go out into this world, we're to be alert, to be sensitive, quick to pick up on what God is saying to us. Paul says, go out and don't underestimate the power of darkness. It is after us. Satan wants to ruin your testimony. He wants to say, aha, I told you it wasn't real. I told you you'd be back here. Don't let that happen. Be on guard and know who you are and whose you are, who you belong to. And you need to know that you have great eternal riches because of Christ. So we're going to look at how can we be light and live effectively and victoriously in this world. We live in the world, but we're told not to be of the world. So how do we do that? Well, first of all, we apply God's truth to our everyday lives. In verse 15, it says, Be careful, therefore, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. And what does the word wise mean? What is he talking about? Well, it simply means a person who fears God. Now when I talk about fear, it doesn't mean that we're in the corner, being afraid of God. It means that we have a reverential awe for Him. We know how to take God's truth, His Word, and relate them to our practical things, everything in our lives, day in and day out. That's a wise man, a person who fears God, who's broken before God, who's submitted to God. And in total reverential awe, for the holiness of God. That's a wise man. Wisdom is the ability to take this book and relate everything in it, relate it to our everyday problems. It's a God-given ability. The Holy Spirit allows that. And you may say, well, I, but I read my Bible and I don't get a whole lot out of it. Or, you know, this is an awfully old book. It really isn't rele- relevant to the 21st century. But I tell you, as a believer, the real issue is your attitude. If you're a believer, but you aren't surrendered to Christ, seeking to live like Christ, reading God's Word, obeying it, having a reverence and an awe for Him and His Word, then you won't have wisdom. You'll read the Bible, but you'll gain little or nothing from it. James 1 in chapter 1 of James, verses 22 and 23, we're told it's like a person who looks in a mirror and then they walk away and they don't remember what they look like. How terrible to read God's word and to walk away and not really ever think about it again. Proverbs 9:10. Some of you may know this, I've heard it. Hundreds and hundreds of times. Proverbs 9, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, I've got to tell you, I can study Ephesians. I can memorize the whole book. I can quote the verses and still not be wise. Until I'm surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, I won't have the wisdom to take His word and to relate it to the practical, everyday things in my life. The second part of that verse, Proverbs nine ten, goes on to say, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. That's the terms and the conditions of the wise. A person who fears the Lord, who has adoration and respect for God's Word, who digs for that precious nugget, that precious nugget of truth that the Holy Spirit gives. Truly knowing God. I'm reminded of the parable that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 13 where he says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, what did he do? He hid it again. And then he went with joy and sold everything he had so that he could buy that treasure, so that he could buy that land where the treasure was. Paul says it another way in Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. He says, Those things that I once thought so important, I gave those up. I walked away from them for the sake of Christ. More than that, I consider everything to be insignificant when I consider what I've gained in knowing. Christ Jesus my Lord. And he says, all those things that I I went after for so long when I was in the darkness, he says, I count them worthless. The Greek word there implies dung of no value whatsoever compared, Paul says, to gaining Christ. Paul says to the Ephesians, listen, I've taught you everything you need to know. Everything about living the Christ life. Now surrender yourselves and use that knowledge to walk in wisdom. The trouble we get into is not being willing to submit to Christ. Like Peter, we're walking on the water. Oh wow, Jesus, thank you for letting me walk on the water with you. But then he sees the troubles, the potential for trouble. And he takes his eyes off of Christ. Why does he do that? Why do we do that? When troubles come, who do we look to? Isn't the Lord the Lord over the storms? Isn't he fully capable of working all things to the good to those who love him? The Christian has been likened in the Bible a metaphor of a soldier. We began honoring those who've served in our military. Christians have been said to be soldiers. Put on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. Take all these things and be a soldier for God. And If you're a soldier, then you're a part of an army. And we talk about the army of God, or we sing about it. You're a part of the great army of God, and your discipline, your actions without hesitation will work for the good of the kingdom of God. We don't fear man. We don't fear circumstances. We fear, we stand in awe of, we obey the Lord. There's nothing else to fear. We are surrendered. We respect His holiness We understand that He has a claim over our life. You are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with everything you are. And we do this. He gives us something you can't get anywhere else. He tells you how to take His Word, put it into practical everyday usage, and the problems that we face. Paul says in Colossians 1.9, For this reason also since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you, and we ask that you may be filled or controlled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That means that I want only what Christ wants in my life. I'm surrendered. He gives me the wisdom and the spiritual understanding. The word understanding simply means the ability to take the things going on in my life and take the word of God, mix them together, and come up with a conclusion of what God wants as his will. So, walk as wise. We don't just simply have truth in our heads where we can quote it and we can beat people over the head with it. We live the truth. We obey the truth. And God makes us wise. Now look at what Paul does in verse 15. In verse 15 of chapter 5 of Ephesians, he compares the unwise with the wise. The word unwise means without this kind of wisdom. It doesn't necessarily mean he's not a believer. There are a lot of believers who don't have this wisdom because they're not bowed down to the lordship of Jesus Christ in their life. They may not love his word, they don't love Him. So I say to you, if you're living in this way, you don't have that wisdom. You're darkened in your understanding. You've gone back to, to having, living in darkness. And the Word of God plays no part in your everyday thinking, your everyday living. So the first point that I've made, we learn to apply what we know about the truth of God to our lives. The second point I want to make is you make biblical choices in every circumstance. Look at verse 16. Paul says, redeeming the time, or depending on your, your translation of the Bible, it may say, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Time here doesn't mean minutes or seconds. It means a season. You know what a season is. Seasons come and seasons go. After summer comes what? Fall. The leaves start falling off the trees. It begins to get dark earlier, which is going to happen today, I guarantee you. One season begins and another ends. And Paul is saying, make the most of your time. We get one season. We get one opportunity. You don't get to make those choices over again. Many of us have made unwise choices. In fact, there's probably no one alive who can look back on their life and say, I've never made a mistake. I've never done anything that could have been done better. We probably didn't apply God's truth in our lives. Because of that, we have regrets. Paul is saying to us, wake up. You may not have that much longer. You've got one shot. Take advantage of the opportunity. If I'm going to redeem a coupon, then I have to show it and actually give it to the cashier. Or I have to type in the code on whatever I'm buying over the internet. If I don't do that, I forfeit the advantage that that coupon had. So I need to redeem the time. I need to take advantage of it while I have it. I don't want to waste it. Life is filled with choices. You put on the garment of Christ in the morning, but you have to know with bad choices, you could be wearing that stinking garment that you had on before you came to Christ. The one that was putrid, that smelled, that was dirty. We don't want that. We want to be surrendered to Christ. You have to continually make good choices. Motivated by... Teaching from God's Word by respect of who God is. Making sound biblical choices the way I purchase time. I have only one time around and I make the proper choices. Every time you choose, you're going to do something. and That's called a deed. And one day we will answer for the deeds that we commit at the Bema seat of Christ. Deeds done for our own selfish benefit are likened to wood, hay, and stubble. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses, verses 10 through 15, we're told those are going to be burned up. With the test of fire, wood, hay, and stubble, you all know. You've been in front of a bonfire or in front of a fireplace. You know what that happens with it. But what happens to gold and silver when it's refined by fire? It becomes more pure. Choices that were made based on God's word and my willingness to do what he tells me to do purifies me. It makes me stronger and purer and and greater and more brilliant and shine more. So my third point is we're never to live the life of a fool. That word can be offensive. When you're in elementary school, I'm told you don't call one another a fool. You get in trouble, you get your mouth washed out. But I want you to look at how Paul uses this. He says, look in verse 17. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The word for fool here is the idea of a mindset that keeps you from making that keeps you from making conscientious, wholesome, sound decisions. When you and I got saved, the Holy Spirit comes into the believer. He strengthens us with His power. And it's as if my mind is flipped. It's almost like going from AM to FM frequency. Before I got saved, I was living in a total different frequency. I was darkened. The way I thought was darkness. But now, when I got saved, He saved my mind. I have the ability to reason in God's Word. I have the ability to look at life from a godly perspective. I have the ability in the Spirit of God to put things together and come up with wise decisions. But before I got saved, I didn't have that. I thought and made decisions from a different worldview, a foolish view. My decisions were thoughts that were based on a lie. Paul says, don't live like that. You have ability. God has given you everything you need. Don't live as if you don't know what to do. You do know what to do. Live as if you have a mind that has been made whole and sound by what Christ has done in your life. If a believer says, I can't, I can't do that. I can't can't serve God like that. What he's really saying is, I won't. That's all there is to it. Only a fool would go out into a dark world not willing to apply God's truth or to obey God. Only a fool who had everything for life and godliness would go out into this world not being alert, on guard, constantly watching, being careful, not having discipline. That's the lifestyle of a fool. That means he can be deceived by anything that comes his way. His mind begins to darken just like it used to, and there's no ability anymore to make the right kind of decisions. Understand what the will of the Lord is. And what's the will of the Lord? The will of the Lord in your life is that you be strengthened in the inner man by the Spirit of God to accommodate Christ in your heart By your faith. That's the will of God. We live in an evil world. We've been made light. And we have to walk as children of light. If you get into God's word, totally submitted to the will of God and with a desire to be like Christ, the darkness will not be able to overcome you. You won't lose your cool. You won't make foolish decisions. Don't give license to sin in your heart can't do that when the truth has that light turned on inside of you. Don't live as a fool. We know better. We have victory. We're not working toward victory. Christ says we already have the victory. We have everything that's necessary to live a godly life, walking as light in the darkness. And I hope somehow that that encourages you in your life. Would you go to the Lord in prayer with me? Oh God, we know your word tells us that you are light and in you is no darkness at all. We read in the first verse of this chapter that we're to be imitators of Christ. As God's dear children. So Father I pray that we would. Make you proud. I pray that we would. Desire you above all things. Father that we would walk in a way. That shows the world who you really are. Because they don't know it. They're living in darkness. And they don't know. How they can live differently. So this morning I pray if there are those here who have never made that decision, I pray God that they would know. It's as simple as Jesus preached, repent. Turn away from your sin. Follow me. We want to follow Jesus. We want to read His word and find out who He was and what his character was, and how he reacted to situations. We want to do the same. So God, I pray that you'd live in our hearts. Help us to remember we are more than victorious through Christ, who loved us and gave himself for us. For it's in the name of our precious Savior, Jesus, we pray. Amen.